You're listening to Audio Theater in a Darker Shade. This is DarkerProjects.com. And now our feature presentation. The following audio is explicit in nature and may contain adult themes, light sexual situations, violent content, or strong language. Theorizing that one could time travel within his own lifetime, Dr. Sam Beckett led an elite group of scientists into the desert to develop a top-secret project known as Quantum Leap. Pressured to prove his theories or lose funding, Dr. Beckett prematurely stepped into the project accelerator and vanished. He awoke to find himself in the past, suffering from partial amnesia and facing a mirror image that was not his own. Fortunately, contact with his own time was maintained through brainwave transmissions with Al, the project observer, who appeared in the form of a hologram that only Dr. Beckett can see and hear. Trapped in the past, Dr. Beckett finds himself leaping from life to life, putting things right what once went wrong, and hoping each time that his next leap will be the leap home. Welcome to Darker Projects' version of Quantum Leap. With Paul Arbisi as Sam Beckett, and Ben Harmer as Albert Calavici. Episode 3, entitled Double the Leap, Double the Danger, written by A.J. Burfield and M.J. Cockburn. Thanks, Sam. Thank you for our Christmas angel. What? You probably don't remember, but Georgia was born at 7.37 a.m. Christmas morning, 1985. So, thank you for our Christmas angel. I just wish I could give you something for Christmas. Maybe a watch? Al glanced at his watch and... While his expression didn't give me any sort of hint, I, I knew he was pleased with whatever thought occurred to him. Coming to the table where I lay, Al bent over so his face was just inches from mine. I wondered when he glanced at his watch for a moment, then looked back at me. Georgie just turned 16. Oh. Merry Christmas, Sam. Merry Christmas, Al. Once again, I felt the sensation of falling in the blue twilight between leaps. This thrilling, sweet feeling was the familiar precursor to entering another life. And I relaxed into the fall, waiting to see where I landed. This time, however, the wonderful feeling twisted me into agonizing convulsions when it changed to feel as if someone had plunged a knife into my stomach. The ripping feeling tore upward through my chest, and I opened my mouth to scream as the pain tore deeply through my soul. The pain was intense and unrelenting, causing me to retreat in my mind to a corner 
any corner that would provide even the slightest relief. I felt myself mentally curl up into a ball. Oh, great. Just great. What's next? People shooting at me? Why are you down here in the basement? Why can't you just leave me alone? Oh, I, uh... Um... Yeah, I know what you were doing, you little creep. Quit snooping around down here trying, like you really care. You're just looking for a way to get me in trouble. I do care what goes on with you. <laughs> Look, just go back upstairs and leave me alone. I don't need you button in my business. Why don't you call some of your... friends? Why don't we talk about it? You think you're so smart! You think that because you're popular, you can get what you want all the time. Why would I want to talk to you about anything? You're not anything like me, thank God. So why don't you get your sorry ass upstairs and tell someone else what to do? Like mom and dad, maybe. I'm sure they'd love to hear your point of view. I know I could use some peace around here. Okay. I know what you've been doing, Allison. Don't think I can't figure it out. I'm not a dumbass. Just talk to me. Are you nuts? That was an antique. Forget the base. Tell me. I don't know what you're talking about. Don't give me that shit, Allison. Answer me. Are you or are you not screwing around on me? Let her go. Ryan, go to your room. I'm talking to your mother. No, Dad. What did you say? I said no. <laughs> oh, God. Ryan! Answer me, Allison. What does it matter to you? Tell me! <laughs> you don't care about me, David. All you think about is work. So what if I'm having an affair? You're never here to stop me! Sweet fucking Mary above! Oh, Ryan. Why did you do that, honey? You know your father didn't mean to hurt me. Oh. Oh. Are you okay, ma'am? I'm fine, sweetheart. How's your neck? Oh. I'll be okay. <laughs> it's okay, Mom. It'll be okay. Al. Al, honey, you need to wake up. There's a problem. Rest for the weary. <laughs> Come on. You have to get going. Something strange is happening, and Verbena is worried. So, what's going on? I don't know too much. All Gushy told me was that you needed to talk to Verbena ASAP, because there was something going on with Sam. When did he leave? I don't think they know that, Al. Ziggy can't seem to find him. She's been looking for over an hour. Beth, honey, um, don't bite your lip like that. <laughs> oh, no, not now, flyboy. You need to get this straightened out. I need to get some things for the girls and for Dad. Then I'll be back. I'll get something for you, too, stud. Until later. Ziggy, what's up? Why isn't her dome lit? 
All right, you rotten hunk of bolts. Talk to me. Gushy. What's up with Ziggy? We've been trying to figure that out, Admiral. We don't exactly know. Ziggy told us that Dr. Beggett had leaped. Then poof, nothing. Nothing? Nada? We've been working on it. Tina is about to have a nervous breakdown, and I think I'm not far behind. <sighs> Sammy Joe is the only one not working on Ziggy right now. She's still working on that retrieval program. All right, then uh, keep it up. Is Dr. Beeks in the waiting room? Yeah, she called for you. Okay, I'm here. What's going on? Why is his mouth moving, but no sound? Sam, what's up with this? Do you know what he's saying? Bits and pieces, but it doesn't make sense. How do you mean? Well, it's like he's talking to himself as himself. Huh? It's like this. When we talk to ourselves, we don't usually answer back unless there is some sort of malfunction of the brain. Here, Sam is answering back, but not like he's talking to himself, but at himself. But you're saying there's no brain malfunction? He's not crazy? I can't really say until Ziggy gets a lock on Sam and we get an idea of what's going on here. Our friend here won't talk to us. Okay, we'll get to you when Ziggy's ready to rock and roll. Meanwhile, keep him here with us. Try to pull our friend out. Will do. And I thought the Navy was bad. Admiral. Welcome back, Zig. I never left. Whatever you say. Are you fully functional now? Yes. I am quite in working order. Thank God. So she's fixed. We believe so. Looks like when Dr. Beckett leaped, there was a temporal discharge which fried some circuitry in the mainframe. She's fit as a fiddle now. Well, my little violin... Have we found Sam? Yes, Admiral. That's my girl. Your girl would like to know which door you would like. What? What do you mean, Ziggy? Where is he? Dr. Beckett is in Denison, Texas on October 25th, 1998. There are two locks close to each other. I believe they are in the same house. All right, Ziggy. I don't care which one. You pick. I've cross-checked the lock address with a name, Admiral. A family called the Dutchers live there. Good luck. Thanks, Sig. Now hit it. <sighs> oh, Sam! Am I glad I found you? Ziggy was having a problem locking in on you, but I'm here now, so... Jesus, now I'm getting voices on that damn radio. Yeah, well, I know I'm late. Sam! That's a pipe bomb! What are you doing? You shouldn't be messing with those things. Come on, Sam. Talk to me. And stop tinkering with that, or you'll be sorry. They'll be sorry, all right. They'll all be sorry that they pushed Ray Dutcher around. I will not be bullied anymore. They think they're all that in a bag of chips. Well, <laughs> we'll see who will have the last laugh. <laughs> Sam, do you see me? What the... Admiral... Ryan and Ray Dutcher cause injury and death to 30 students at Denison High School in two days, then kill themselves in a murder-suicide pact. <laughs> yep. They'll all pay. Hold on, buddy. I'll be back. 
After David left, Allison cried some and, and apologized some, but never asked how I was feeling about what had happened. Leaving her, I meandered down the hall and found what I assumed was my bedroom. I couldn't help but think, man, what a crazy family. I found a wallet and, and looked in it. It had the picture of the kid in the basement. I, I thought I was in the wrong room until I looked up in the mirror and saw the same image in the mirror. Huh. We're twins. That's kind of neat. Not. Where had that thought come from? Looking at the license again, I, I read Ryan Dutcher, born May 28th, 1981. That didn't help much if I didn't know the date now. The kid must be at least 16. He was six feet tall, 195 pounds, and had black hair and green eyes. Well, to start at least. Where is Al, anyway? He's never around when I need him. He's probably off with Mrs. Number Six Calavici and not giving me a second thought. Oh, look at that. Why am I putting Al down? Knowing that Al would do anything earthly possible to help me, what? Why am I losing control? Oh, God. Sam? Sam, can you hear me? Al? Where are you? You can't see me? I'm right here in front of you, Sam. No, I, I can't see you. Shoot, I didn't even hear the door open. What took so long? Yeah, well, I had something else to check out before I came here. Oh, really? Blonde or brunette? <laughs> Where have you been? We had a problem getting a lock on you, and now this. Obviously, we're having technical difficulties. No joke. Why am I here? Well, it's uh, October 25th, 1998. And you are in Denison, Texas. You're a uh, Ryan Dutcher, and you have a twin brother, Ray. In two days, Ryan and Ray blow up the gym with homemade bombs, which he is working on as we speak. What? Ah, uh, there's more. In the original history, 30 students attending the assembly are injured or die. They, Ray, and Ryan charge right into a SWAT blockade outside the school and get killed. Ziggy puts it at a 99.4% that you're here to stop the massacre. Do, do they know why they did it? Well, the only thing it says in the police report is that Ryan's dying words were, I'm finally free, whatever that means. Ziggy's running scenarios on where to start. In the meantime, be careful, Sam. This Ray guy is scary and dangerous. The police figured Ray was tinkering with pipe bombs for quite a while before the incident. And there's some in the basement right now. Don't touch anything down there right yet, okay? Okay, I I'll be careful. Thanks, Mom. Um, hello? Hey, Dad. Hey, Pasa. Hey, Angela. What's up? Oh, just got home from church. I keep telling 
likes to say. Uh, yeah, I know. I, I, I'll come sometime, I promise. Anyway, the reason I called was to remind you that I'm here if you need any help with the stuff in class, okay? Uh, hold on a sec. Mom, I'll help you with that in a minute, okay? No, sweetie, I'm fine. Hey, you aren't helping with dinner, are you? Lord help you all if you get the stomach pump. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I forgot the sugar. Coffee cake with chocolate frosting. Everyone thought it was horrible, but still said it tasted good. How did I know that? Uh, hey, Angela, uh, Ray wants to talk to you. Hello? Hey, Angela. Mom, what's up with uh, you? Please, let me help you. Yeah. Ryan, it's fine. Go ahead and talk still with your friend. It's all good. Stuff, huh? Honestly. <laughs> yeah. Ryan, here it's. She wants to talk with you again. Angela? Hey, Ryan. Listen, I gotta run. Mom and I are doing the bonding thing and going shopping. But I'll be home later in the evening, like I said, if you need help with the, with the school stuff. Okay, thanks. And don't let your mom talk you into anything horrendous. <laughs> right. And Ryan, don't let Ray get to you, okay? Okay. Thanks. Bye. Allison, please. I'm sorry, and I promise I'll do better. Uh, really, you know how I love you. You're drunk, and you're suffocating me with your raunchy breath. Please, baby. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is just nuts. I made it back to Ryan's room. Shut the door and try to collect myself. Avoid David and try and find a way to control Ray while blending in as Ryan Dutcher. Oh boy. up with the sun after a night of restless sleep filled with farm scenes, basketball, and, and a twin brother that had red glowing eyes. My dreams were mixed up between my own and Ryan's, and, and I woke up as tired as I went to bed. I looked through Ryan's book bag and, and didn't find any homework. None. So I would need to go to school, try to blend in, and Stop Ray from planting a bomb. Easy. I, I took a shower and, and went across back to the room, but David startled me as he stood in the doorway. Oh, Dad. Look, Ryan, uh, I wanted to talk to you about yesterday. Well, what about yesterday? I, um, I know what I did. And I'm sorry. It won't happen again. Y yeah, right. I wouldn't want you to think I'd hit your mother. I was really angry and had a little bit to drink. No excuse, I know. But I'm really sorry I hit you, son. Great. Add child abuse to the list of happenings here in the Dutcher household. Okay. Well, another day at Denison High, huh? You sure need that diploma to get anywhere these days. 
really am sorry, Ryan. Okay? Sure. Ugh, he thinks an apology fixes the whole thing. Amazing. I quickly dressed, loaded the backpack, and headed for the kitchen. Uh, seeing that I was the first one there, I just grabbed the eggs, bacon, and a few bell peppers and cheese out of the fridge and made an omelet. It was humorous when Allison came in and put her hand in my forehead. <laughs> you all right? Yeah, I'm fine. Sit, Mom. Go, go ahead. Sit. I finished cooking and cut the huge omelet I made into four nice pieces, and then put them before the family. There. Omelet a la ba uh, Dutcher. Mmm. Wow. That's good, Ryan. Thanks. Mmm. Really good. Yeah. I had barely sat down and looked at my omelet when I felt my stomach turn, and I knew that I shouldn't have done it. I ran to the bathroom and got sick. I was slumped against the wall, wondering what the hell had happened when Allison came in and put a wet washcloth to my forehead. I don't know why you try to do things like that. You know how the sight of eggs makes you sick. <sighs> I just wanted to make you something special, Mom. You had a hard day yesterday. Oh, thanks, honey. But how about dusting instead? <laughs> Come on, time for school. Ray will wait out front for you. Okay. I was still feeling a little queasy when we met Ray at the car. and Nothing was going right, it seemed. And now, here I am going off to the biggest test. School. A feeling of dread settled over me. As I glanced towards Ray, in fact, it got worse. <laughs> that was a really good one right now. I can't deny that. Oh, please. Don't bring that up. <laughs> Great choice of words there. We're almost to school when a horn honked and Ray cursed when he looked in the rearview mirror. Car raced past him, horn honking and arms hanging out the windows in obscene gestures. All the occupants in the car laughed as they raced by. Pricks. They'll get there someday, I swear. They won't push me around much longer. Oh, I felt myself sink down further in the seat as my pulse raced. I, I felt my hands get clammy and wet, realizing what Ray was referring to. I was also at a loss for words. What's going on with me? This, this isn't me. This isn't me. This isn't... Hey, you gonna sit there all day? I got out of the car and, and followed Ray. We were at Denison High School, the home of the Bears. As I followed Ray to the front steps, I, I noticed the students avoiding us. They, they shook their heads as they passed. And some turned their backs on us completely. I, I dropped back, feeling an uneasiness grow, and let Ray forge his way up the stairs and through the front door. I knew that a disaster was imminent, and I felt completely paralyzed to act. What, what's wrong with me? I, I feel so... fuzzy. Ryan! Oh, um... Hi, I didn't see you there. No, duh! <laughs> 
I hollered twice. Are you ready for the economics test? Test? Ugh, that's great. I told you to call me. Uh, yeah, I, I need my book for... Science? Yeah, science. Ew! You haven't washed those socks yet? Um, no. <laughs> well, you said they'd make a good science experiment. <sighs> I did. Yeah, I, I guess I did. Hey, wake up there! It's time to go. Are you okay? Yeah. Uh, go on ahead. I'll, I, uh, I I can't find my science book. Look. Here it is, right there in your locker, you goo. <laughs> I gotta uh, go. Uh, see ya. There was Al, standing before me, not really looking solid at all, kind of kind of ghostly, dressed in a neon purple shirt and black slacks. Do you see me, Sam? Uh, yeah, I see you. You're faded. I can see through you. <sighs> oh, thank God. We couldn't get a good lock on you for a few minutes, and when we finally connected with you, you didn't see me. I've been trying to get your attention since you got here. Uh, I mean, there. Didn't you see me? Well, no. You've been there? Watching me? Yeah, I saw that Angela chick in the locker with the socks and all that. You didn't see me or hear me at all? No. Why am I outside? It probably has a lot to do with that panic attack I just witnessed. Sam, this isn't good. We can't get a good clean lock on you anyway. And if you have any more fits like that, we'll lose you for good. Fits? I, I had a fit? No, not a fit. You had a classic panic attack, according to Beeks. She's monitoring what's going on from the control room with Gushy, trying to figure all this out. Don't you remember? What's happening, Al? First I couldn't see you. Now I can't hear you either. Well, Gushy thinks your influence is being overrun by Ryan's. You know that teenage angst thing? It can be pretty strong. Oh, I'm having a hard time keeping focused. This kid is really messed up. He's afraid of his brother and father for good reasons. And his mom's no help at all. Ryan's existing on quicksand, and it's no wonder his brother's acting like he is. There's so much hopelessness. I feel like I'm trapped in a corner and can only watch. What if I can't break through, Al? I can get stuck here. Sam, you don't know that. So far, whatever powers that be that are leaping you around hasn't given you anything you couldn't handle, right? Right. I need to find out what, what Ray's doing in the basement. According to the news reports, Ray had one big bomb that went off in the gym, and several pipe bombs. 
They don't know where he stashed the stuff beforehand. He's also got a couple guns tucked away that he got a while ago. He already planned this out. Be careful, Sam. Don't pick up any pipes. They can go kablooey really easy. Okay, so play hooky today and check out of the house. It should be clear. Bye, Al. Got to the house to see Mom. No. Allison's car inside the garage. And another sedan out front. A feeling of dread came over me and anxiety began to mount. I, I tried to push it all aside, but something wasn't right beyond me playing hooky and pipe bombs in the basement. I slipped down the side yard and entered the house through the back door. I tiptoed through the kitchen, but... The soft talking from the other room that turned into soft moans. I slowly moved to the living room door. I peeked in. Mom was on the floor, her shirt off in the arms of a strange man. It was then when I felt myself fall from the force of Ryan's emotional whirlwind. What? You can't lose contact. What's happening? We think Ziggy's sort of acting as a circuit breaker. There was some sort of surge. Surge? That's the best way to put it, Admiral. We can still get a lock and had one, but something happened to the flow of Dr. Beckett's neurons and more power was needed too fast to keep up. You mean there was an emotional explosion? Well, yes. Uh, that would do it, I guess. So would an accident to the physical body. Sorry, Admiral. Maybe I shouldn't have said that. Especially since Sam went looking for pipe bombs. I need to get there, Gushy. Now! Yes, sir. It shouldn't take too long, Admiral. We just need to boost the power a bit. It would be easier if both subjects were in the same room. I think we can reduce power load if we drop the lock on the other subject, the one that you can't seem to connect with. Wouldn't that chance not being able to connect again? No, not really. We know who and where he is, and we have a lock on the second subject as an anchor. The power saving is minimal, but every bit helps right now. Before you drop the lock, I have a suggestion. This is a golden opportunity to test my retrieval program. I could lock onto the other subject. Since there are two locks for Dr. Beckett, the danger of interfering with his mission is much less, like you said, the second subject is his anchor. It would be much safer to test my program this way. It's a perfect opportunity. This is no time for theories. Sam is in big trouble here, and we have to do something now. One thing at a time, Sammy Joe. Let's get Sam back on track first, okay? I can do most of the preliminary workups now, but don't dump the secondary lock, okay? Okay. Admiral? We're ready for you now. When I stepped back into 1998, it was total chaos. I was in the living room. I found Ryan's mother on her knees. The living room looked like a tornado had touched down. 
Every loose item was broken on the floor, the couch turned over, and even everything in the dining room was on the floor, broken. A strange man was fixing his tie and heading out the door. God, these poor kids! They didn't even have a chance! I knew it! I knew it! I knew it! I'm so stupid. That has to hurt. Wow. This room is another disaster zone. Did that guy that left, uh, did he hurt you? You have blood on your face. Sam, you may want to clean off your hands. Sam? Hey! Sam! I knew it. I'm so stupid. I just can't do this. I... I can't. Why me? Hell no! Not again! Gushy! Increase power! Sam's not responding again! Why? You need to understand. I needed someone to- Shut up! Shut up! Sam! You gotta hear me! Sam! He picked up a piece of wood that belonged to his desk chair and flung it through the window. He fell out of the window as he was climbing out and ran toward the woods. Gushy! Keep me centered on Sam! Sam, you hear me, buddy? Come on, pal. We can't lose you. We won't lose you. You're in there. I know it. Just come out, okay? Okay. Then I'll just be here, okay? When you come out, I'll be here. The school day crawled by and we just sat. Sometimes he cried. Sometimes he stared into space. He even slept at one point. When the final bell rang, he stood and seemed to look for someone. It was Ray. He was dressed all in black. Uh-oh. Here comes trouble. Hey, Ray. Damn it, Ryan! Don't touch me ever again. You hear me? Ever. I want to help. I want to do what you're doing, Ray. I hate this place. What? Really? Yeah. Really. I listened as Ryan told Ray everything he had seen at the house. The whole thing was tragic. And it was only the beginning. <laughs> Welcome to my world, bro. You finally woke up and realized it's just us two against everybody else. I tried to snap Sam out of Ryan's control by discussing anything from quantum physics, anatomy, any of the dead languages Sam had a degree in, even philosophy, and the Beckett family farm. Nothing worked. They were discussing the big show, planned for tomorrow, and I gave up. All right, Gushy. How soon can I go back? We have to reset the power grids, Admiral. We've used enough power to light Albuquerque for a year. You do that. And I'll talk to Verbena. Maybe she has a way to reach Sam. What if you can't reach him, sir? What happens to Dr. Beckett? I don't know, Sammy Cho. Well, if the boys die without Dr. Beckett leaping, then, hmm, well, we theorize that Sam dies too. We think. So this is a life and death situation? Not yet. But if we don't connect with him soon, 
It will be. I'd like permission to try my retrieval program on me. I can leap in and get Dr. Beckett to respond and fix the problem, and then we'll both leap out. Out of the question. We've already lost one good man there, and I'm not about to lose another. No! I wouldn't suggest something that wouldn't work. <sighs> Look, you're... Sam took that chance, and look where it got him. I said no. But, Admiral, it may be the only way. Two leapers? Ziggy can't even keep me in focus. How could she power another leaper? It's impossible. It is not impossible, Admiral. My abilities are only limited by my power resources, and I have no control over that. Admiral, I've run over the numbers for her program, and it could work. Like Ziggy said... It's only limited by power, which, theoretically, we can overcome. So you're saying it's possible? Yes. yes. I give the leap and retrieval of Dr. Fuller a 85.73% chance of success based on the factors I'm feeding into the hand link. Ziggy's calculation for success was based on Dr. Fuller having a more extensive mapping of her brainwaves and her DNA structure being similar to Sam's. Only Ziggy and I knew that Sammy Jo Fuller was Sam's daughter from a previous leap. I wasn't even sure Sam would remember that. The genetic similarity enabled Ziggy to make a more accurate projection. It was our little secret, and I snapped off the link before I was requested to share the information. Okay, well, let's use it as a backup plan, and one I don't intend to use. the waiting room, I wasn't expecting to see Verbena. I stood in the door, watching her lean over Sam's body on the bed. He wasn't motionless like the last time. He was rocking his body back and forth, and pulling on handfuls of his own hair with both hands. Alright, let's get a sedative for him. He's getting worse. No, wait! Let's talk to him first. He's being vocal now, right? Yes, he is, but he's going to hurt himself soon. If you want to talk to him, do it now, because he needs to be sedated. Understood. We're, we're here to help. It's okay. What's your name? R- Ryan. Ray! Get out! Get out! That's it! Move! What's going on? I think I know, Admiral. Remember the poly-exclusion principle? We went over it when Dr. Beckett leaped into Lee Harvey Oswald. Is that the theory about two souls in one place? Yes, actually. It says no two affirmaments in the same quantum state can be together at the same time. We sort of figured it was the same for souls then, and this seems to prove it again. We're running out of time. I've fine-tuned my program as far as I can go. To save Dr. Beckett, I need a leap. Not yet. I told you it was a last resort. I need to check all other options first. He's one stubborn man. Just give him time. He always comes around. What? I always wondered what you look like. What was that all about? Excuse me for being a...
I left the waiting room without any information to help me. My only chance to get Sam was the last resort information that was forbidden to discuss with him. I'd have to bring up Donna. I wasn't ready to call out the big guns yet, but I had done everything else that I could think of. I'd gone to my office with the intent to change clothes and shower, but the chair and desk was too inviting. I flopped down on the chair and leaned back, trying to think. Enter. Why don't you get some sleep, Al? Is that what you came here for? Ziggy's overloading constantly, Gushy and Tina are up to their armpits in circuitry, Sam's leaped into a murderer and a suicidal teenager at the same time, and we're losing him right before my eyes, and you want me to rest? I don't think so. I know how you feel. I'm sorry, Sammy Joe. You know, it would help Dr. Beckett more if you had some rest. Yeah, you're probably right. I'm sorry, Admiral, but they're ready for you in the control room. It was the middle of the night when I joined up with the boys. They were working in the woods, being sly, avoiding lights and all. They were hauling a large propane tank toward the school. I tried to interfere, but nothing worked. I decided to concentrate on Ryan. I talked about Sam growing up on the farm, his family, and how he was helping make the world a better place by being such a Boy Scout. Still nothing. They wrestled the tank into a broken window at the school. Don't worry, Ryan. Big boy here will take care of everything. Jeez, he named it? You know, Ryan, we could stay here tonight. But what about the custodian? He'll find us. Ray had rigged a detonator of sorts with a specially loaded pipe bomb wired under the valve. I had no idea what made it special, but it looked lethal enough. He had made sure the trigger was lined up with the locker room doorway so he could shoot it, then watch the fireworks. Just to be sure, they secured numerous pipe bombs underneath the seats themselves. I could see why the damage was so extensive. They were thorough, and Ray was the instigator. Ryan just seemed to be in a dream, simply doing what his brother ordered. They were going to station themselves at the boys' and girls' locker room doors, and then Ray would shoot the trigger, and they would escape through the main hallway from there. They cleaned up the broken window so it wouldn't attract attention, and retreated to the woods to wait until school started. I noticed they never discussed what they would do after the attack. They didn't seem to care or had their own ideas. They did touch on what to do if they got caught, and it chilled me to the bone. The boys shook hands on a murder-suicide pact if there appeared to be no way out, and then grew quiet as they waited for the dawn. Eventually, they dozed off. I headed toward the central control room fully prepared. I felt practically naked in the skin-tight Fermi suit required for leaping, and I put on a lab coat to feel less self-conscious. I had been monitoring Al's progress, or non-progress, with the boys, and I knew that time was running out. 
I entered the control room to find the team assembled and ready to proceed. Gushing and Tina stood at the main console along with Dr. Donna Elise Beckett, who was here to oversee the process. Sam's wife understood the retrieval process almost as well as I did. Al was standing aside, clean and shaven, but still looking exhausted as well as defeated. I knew his reservations about this whole plan. Al, I know how you must feel, but we need to try this. I promise I'll do my best. Thank you for giving me this chance. Ziggy, what's the probability of Dr. Fuller getting retrieved within the first 12 hours? 92.73%. Excellent. All right, Ziggy, I'm ready. How about you? I am indeed, Dr. Fuller. Have you... Located a target to leap you into in Denison, Texas, who can help Dr. Beckett? Well... Yes. Who is it? One Angela Morgan is currently in the vicinity. Wait! Yes? Good luck. Luck has nothing to do with it, Al. It's all about hard work and love to bring back someone who never should have left in the first place. Amen. Thank you for trying this, Sammy Joe. You're welcome. Segregation online. Affirmative. Ready to fire. Stand by to fire. Fire! Fire! Well? Dr. Fuller has successfully leaped. Do we have a lock on her? That will take a few minutes, Admiral. We need to reset the power grids and let them regenerate. The power usage for this is enormous. When we do get a lock, it can only be for short periods. Check. Dr. Fuller has changed history. Already? How? The casualty list from the Denison High School massacre has now been slightly expanded. Angela Morgan now dies. Gushy, I need that lock now. Sam's life seemed to be in the hands of God or the fates. But I would be damned if anything happened to Sam's daughter. I'd never be able to forgive myself. Denison High School. Home of the Bears. Hmm. Made it. Made it where? High school? <sighs> I leaped. And I solved the Swiss cheese effect. Now, let's see. Angela Morgan. Right. Angela Morgan. Yes, and... Thank goodness she's not a goth or a cheerleader. Okay. Who am I looking for now? The Dutcher? Sammy Joe. You remember me, don't you? I know. Chuck Yeager dressed like Bozo the Clown. Gushy! I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding, Al. I know who you are. Very funny. Glad to see your humor wasn't Swiss cheesed. I can only stay for short periods of time because of the power supply. I came to tell you to be careful. Ziggy shows that Angela Morgan gets killed in this event, so don't be rash. Okay, okay. I'll be really careful. And watch out for pipe bombs. They're all over the place. In fact, if you point them out to the school now, maybe that would get the cops here sooner, and they'll abandon their plan. I know there are a couple in the bushes by the front doors. 
but maybe not now while there's a crowd, and I think you're being watched. Hold on a second. Both of the boys were watching the front of the school, Ray fidgeting with a handgun and Ryan with a rifle at his side. I followed their gaze. They were watching Sammy Joe as Angela standing near the parking lot. I think you need to get them separated. Work on Ryan. He's not as nervous as Ray. Are they over in the bushes right now? Yeah, and watching every move. I think you'd better go inside. What about telling the principal and getting the police here now? That would stop them from ever starting. Worth a try? I'll check back after we check on the grids again. We don't want to have to reset when you know what hits the fan. I'll be back. Okay. I walked into the doors of the school and headed toward the office. I didn't worry about the people giving me looks as I nudged past them. Hey, no cuts, Angela. Just hang on a second. Miss Anderson, I need to speak to the principal. He's not here, and he has an assembly to host in a little while. Come back after lunch. But, Miss Anderson... No buts, Ms. Morgan. Go to class. Ugh. This wasn't as easy as I expected it to be. So I backed up into the hall and went to the front door. There to the side, I saw one of the twins standing with a rifle in one hand and a pipe bomb in the other. Which one was it? Ryan or Ray? What was it that happened when Sam and Aaliyah touched? Oh yeah, they would see each other as they really were. I don't need the shock of that to trigger him and in turn to drop the bomb. I pushed the doors open and decided to meet up with him anyway. Angela, get away from the door. A motion in the parking lot caught my eye and I turned to see the other twin, dressed in black, pop up between two cars. He was smiling maniacally, then moved to a sleek Camaro and ducked down out of sight. That must be Ray. So this would be Ryan. This was my chance. Hey Ryan, I've got to talk with you. There's someone inside that can help. I don't need any help. We're doing fine. But Sam Beckett came a long way to be here with you. He's a good and kind man, and he only wants the best for you. Sam is from a farm in Elkridge, Indiana, and he knows how you feel. He wants to help you. Is this some shrink mumbo-jumbo your mother taught you? Well, forget it. We have a plan. And you can't stop us. So shut up. You mean Ray's plan. Doesn't matter whose plan it is. We're one and the same. But why? Why are you doing this? For peace. Hey, Angela. Glad you're here. Ray, you can stop this. But we've only started. Hey, we can use you. Turn around. We can get to the locker rooms now because you'll be our shield, and you can act as a lookout for Ryan. After all, he would be rather obvious in a girl's locker room. Why don't you just go ahead and shoot me now and get it over with? Where the hell did that come from? Mind merging with Angela? Maybe that's why the retrieval process lessened with time. Don't tempt me, Angela. It'll take more than you to stop us. 
Let's go. Hey, Angela, don't forget to get your tardy pass. Thanks, Brad. See you in seventh period. Sure. Jerk. He'll certainly remember us after today. Remember, Ryan, wait until you hear my gunshots. That'll be your sign. That and the really loud bang afterwards. <laughs> we pushed into the girls' locker room, and two girls who were giggling stopped and looked at us. They gasped <gasps> when Ryan lowered the rifle at them. Ryan, you don't have to- Shut up. Get the duct tape from my jacket pocket and tie him up. Then tape the door shut. I did what he said. A minute later, the girls were crying, huddled next to each other. I did the door as he ordered and realized that he wasn't concerned about getting out. This was getting out of control. Where was Al? Ryan, please don't do this. Let me help. Let, let Sam help. He's in there. Just relax and try to find him. I am helping myself. Back off, Angela. Uh, okay. Whoa! Hey! What happened? This is not good. Ow. This isn't working. I can't get to Dr. Beckett, and all of these kids are going to die because of me. Sam didn't give up on your mother, so you can't give up on him. What did you say? I said you can't give up on him yet. No. You said he didn't give up on my mother. Did he leap into her life? My grandmama had said that my father was a man that came into my mother's life several times, but couldn't stay because he had to go and help others. Oh, oh my God. He's my father, isn't he? Ziggy? Why didn't you tell me? Ziggy and I thought it best not to tell you or anyone else at the project. Tell me now, Al. Tell me everything and quick. It didn't take too long because I think she already knew. She already knew the story of her family. Just not how Sam fit into the picture. But I did as she asked because deep down, I knew it would help. I, I know you can hear me, Dr. Beckett. It's me, Sammy Jo Fuller. And you need to listen. I'm Abigail Fuller's daughter. Sam, once you leaped into a man named Clayton Fuller, he was Abigail's father, my grandfather. When Abigail was a little girl, she had been accused by a woman named Lita Ader of murdering her daughter, Violet. Lita tried to kill Abigail by setting Clayton's house on fire. Do you remember that, Sam? Careful, Sammy Joe. Be very careful. Beak says this may work. Then, then you leaped into Will Kinman. He and Abigail were going to get married. And on the day of their wedding, Lita convinced the town that Abigail had something to do with the disappearance of a little boy named Clovis. They tried to lynch her. And you saved her again. I know you remember, Sam. Keep going. I know you remember. Because you fell in love with Abigail. You fell in love, and you conceived a child. You even met that child once, when you leaped into Abigail's life one last time. 
You defended her against the charges that she killed Lita Ayer. Lita committed suicide and made it look like Abigail had killed her. She was so sure that Abigail was responsible for all the tragedies in her life. But you saved her again. <laughs> Lita killed herself right in front of me, and I had blocked it all out. And if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have remembered. We both saved her that time. I know you remember. <laughs> Put the gun down. Sam Beckett, you have a daughter who is just as bright as you are. And her name is Samantha Josephine Fuller. Abigail? <laughs> there you are. I jumped forward and pulled down on Ryan's arms with both hands. In that moment, an odd swirling feeling wrapped around me. And then I saw Sam Beckett's surprised hazel eyes locked in mine. And the rifle clattered to the floor. I couldn't help it. I wrapped him in a solid bear hug and felt the hug in return. Thank you, Sammy Joe. You look, you look just like her. Sam, you're back. Thank God, but you still got to stop this. <sighs> okay. Untie them and have one find a phone and, and the other go to the office. I don't think they'll have a problem knowing what to say. Sammy Joe did what she was told to do, and the girls scampered out of the bathroom as fast as they could. I went ahead and popped over to look at Ray, and then popped back to Sam. Sam, hurry! He's taking aim! Sam went into the gym and edged up to the door. Ray! Jesus, Ryan! You scared the shit out of me! Came over to join the fun, huh? Is Angela out of the way? She won't be a problem. Hey, Ray, can I have the rest of the bombs? I could, you know, toss them while you shoot. Uh, sounds fair. I have six shots and you have four bombs. This would be easier with the rifle and the scope. Hey, where's the rifle? I was about to answer when the door opened and a teen came into the bathroom. Ray brought the gun up and Sam's martial arts reaction took over. He hit Ray's gun hand upward, firing a hole into the ceiling, then grabbed the weapon and jerked it out of his grasp. The teen ran from the bathroom as Sam and Ray fought on the floor. It was eerie. Their forms seemed to undulate and ripple, Sam and the twins' faces mingling and mixing. I was trying to figure out who was winning when Sammy Joe burst into the bathroom with the rifle in hand. We both heard the announcement to clear the gym at about the same time we heard the sirens in the distance. Hit him with the rifle, Sammy Joe! That did it! History's been changed. Everyone gets out of the gym in time. You might want to tape up his hands too, hon. You better tape mine up too. Ryan will be back when I leap. One thing at a time here. I'm not used to bashing people in the head. You better hurry. Everything turns out all right. Both boys are put away for a while, but they get the help they need. Their parents get divorced, though. 
That's too bad. But everyone is alive. And I'm glad that I met you again. Me too. I love you, Sammy Joe. I love you too, Dad. Bye, Sam. Gushy, initiate the retrieval program. Sammy Joe, I'll see you back at the project. The energy drain from this leap had been enormous. The extra power grids and some of the mainframe had to be taken offline and replaced. Ziggy slept for a day. By the time Al was able to contact Sam again, it had been almost 30 hours. It appeared to be a straightforward leap, keeping an older man from driving and crashing into a crowded bus stop. Sam had leaped into a retirement home and all he had to do was spend a lot of time lounging around and not drive at the indicated time. That time had passed and Dr. Beckett was now in flux. The staff decided that sending out another leaper was not advisable in the future. The power demand was too much for the system and the possibility of permanently damaging Ziggy was just too great. I was sitting with Al in the cafeteria waiting for the word on the next leap. Wasn't he mad at you for taking so long to get to the retirement home? Yeah, but that's not like it hasn't happened before. He got over it. Hmm. Does he? No, he doesn't remember you. At least, he doesn't ask about you. Now I know how Donna feels. I'm sure somewhere in his Swiss cheese brain... There's a little spot reserved just for you, Sammy Joe. When he comes home, everything will be fine. Thanks, Al. The disorientation of leaping was slow to wash away this time. Uh, my senses crept back as if they were reluctant to complete the connections to my brain. I felt pain slam into my body like lightning. I gasped and struggled to escape the pain. I tried to flee when the pain was paled by panic when I realized I, I couldn't move. My hands were bound behind me and my feet were lashed together. I tried to yell, but I gagged on the cloth, clamping tightly through my mouth and around my head. I tried to control my panic, concentrating on breathing through my nose. Looking wildly around the dank, dark room that smelled of mold, hoping to locate an ally of any sort. I saw two small windows set high in the wall that showed nothing but grayness. Trash and litter all around the room and a solid wooden door that was closed. I was on a smelly, thin, dirty mattress on the floor as I struggled vainly against the ties and the pain. The door caught my attention as it thumped and rattled, stuck to the frame surrounding it. I froze and focused on the door, hopeful and fearful at who may be coming in. 
the door finally gave way and jerked open, letting in a blocky Asian man. I held my breath, trying to gauge the man's alliance. Oh boy, she's awake. You've been listening to Darker Project's version of Quantum Leap, Episode 3, entitled Double the Leap, Double the Danger, written by A.J. Burfield and M.J. Cockburn. Featured in the audio were Paul Arbisi as Sam Beckett, Ben Harmer as Albert Calavici, Mindy Rast Keenan as Ziggy, Catherine Frameth as Beth Calavici, Dwayne Nock as Gushi, Rachel Pulliam as Verbena Beeks, Lisa Michaud as Donna Elisi Beckett, Leon Rockwell as Ray and Ryan Dutcher, Andrea Richardson as Allison Dutcher, Griffin Coldiron as David Dutcher, Katie Parker as Angela Morgan, Evelyn Castro as Mrs. Anderson, Eric Bod as Brad, Roger St. James as Yen, MJ Cogburn as Sammy Joe Fuller, and yours truly as the announcer. The theme music was composed by Mike Post and Velton Ray Bunch. Additional music used was by Kevin McLeod, White Zombie, Twisted Sister, and Celestial Aeon Project. Produced and post-production by MJ Cogburn. Darker Project's version of Quantum Leap is based on the universal television series Quantum Leap created by Donald Belisario. No infringement on those rights is intended and no monies will be collected for said production. All stories are the property of their authors and are used with permission. The executive producer is MJ Cogburn. This has been a Darker Projects production. This is Shane Harris. Thank you for listening. <laughs>